Bench Racing Radio. Bench Racing Radio. The podcast with your hosts, Eric Gio and Anthony Leake. Welcome to Bench Racing Radio. How's it going, Anthony? Another day, another dollar. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What's going on in Ontario these days? Well, we're uh, going into a stay-at-home order this week, and by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be about a week into that. So it's supposed to go for 28 days minimum, and I guess we'll see what happens. Hopefully things will improve. Ontario's pretty rough. It's uh, COVID starting to spread a little bit more in this region as well, or any river district especially. So hopefully everyone stays safe out there. You know, it's, it's coming up to a year, but at the same time, you know, the second wave is always worse. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully uh, you guys get that sorted out soon. And hopefully there's still a way for you guys to have that uh, snowmobile race there at Lake of the Wood Speedway. Yeah, that's right. We've moved. Uh, registration's been delayed, actually, to February 7th for now. We'll see what happens. I don't know. You know, these restrictions, as they get lifted, it's not going to be like an off-on switch or on-off switch. It's going to be a slow loosening of the restrictions. So it's definitely not looking good. We're hopeful. Um, but at the same time, a lot can happen in a couple of weeks, but maybe not to the way we'd like to see it. So maybe it'll be just hoping that things get better come springtime and we can go racing in the summer again. That's all we can really hope for. Mm-hmm. Uh, however... I have been spending a lot of time watching racing video from last summer. So that's getting me through every day. Oh, there you go. Well, there's even live racing on nowadays for uh, people to watch. We got some Wissota boys making a big splash down south. Have you uh, caught any of the Wild West shootout yet? I haven't seen her. I've seen things. I haven't really paid much attention to it other than I know that there were some Wissota drivers that were very successful down there. So congratulations to them. And I know you're going to touch base on that in just a minute. So it's good to see that there's still racing going on. I mean, the United States is a pretty big country and lots of people there and regulations are, are a little bit different state to state. So it is cool to see some racing going on. And I know the locals here are definitely excited to see other local drivers in the Midwest being successful in that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll touch on that quickly here uh, on the opening night. So far, there's only two nights in the book here at time of recording, but Dustin Strand picked up the win in the Modifieds, and uh, we had eight Wissota guys make the feature. We had uh, Shane Sebraski come in third, uh, Tyler Peterson in fifth. The guys had a really strong showing. And then again, over in the uh, the X mods, like the uh, Midwest mods, uh, Jory Berg picked up the win, and Brock Gronwald came in second. Shane Sebraski was in fourth. Like These are all... Uh, all the soda guys that are running great, especially in the modified class. Those guys are, that's basically all the uh, US MTS guys, a lot of them. They're uh, always really proud of how these guys run. Second night was pretty solid too. Sebraski got the win in the X mods and uh, in the modifieds, uh, Sebraski came in third again and Strand uh, came home fifth. Proud to see those boys uh, representing really well down there. I think it shows just how much the competition is in this area to see those drivers successful down there. I mean, someone like Shane Sabransky, it's in a way it doesn't come to a huge surprise. I mean, he's raced every class 
in the history of this region. You know, I think he was running three different classes at the same time at one point, modified, superstock, and Midwest modified, I think. So, you know, there's there's Shane Sobranski has probably as much experience as in the amount of races he's done, like in one night alone, is <laughs> probably more than some drivers would do in a year <laughs> just based yeah. on the amount of laps he's turned. So, you know, as tough as competition can be on a, on a week-to-week basis, I mean, seat time and experience is is huge too. You take talent from someone like Shane and and add all those laps that he's turned. It's, it's not the biggest of surprises to see that success for him in at those types of tracks. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's a heck of a competitor and uh, and a good guy to boot. So happy to see him uh, all doing well down there. It's great. And Brock Brock's raced in Winnipeg in the past, right? The Brock Star. Oh yeah. yeah. I've talked to him on the phone a long time ago. He's really a uh, really good person to talk to. Very genuine individual. Yeah, super nice guy. He uh, one time we we were racing down at uh, Fergus Falls and we went uh, went over there the, the morning after and showed us around the shop and the farm and everything and. Yeah, just a nice, fantastic dude. Well, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, for today's interview, really excited for this one. We've got, uh, I'm going to say one of our marquee guests for the year, probably. But do you think we should uh, go to the interview? Oh, why delay? We never delay for Ward Emery. Never. All right, let's do it. For our next guest on Bench Racing Radio, this guy is the owner of 135 feature wins. A two-time Wissota Modified National Champion, along with two runner-up finishes. He's got 20 track championships and st- seven state championships. Welcome to the podcast, the 10W of Ward Emery. Hey, How's it going, Wario? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, not doing too bad. What's uh, what's keeping you busy these days? Just working. Just lots of work. Lucky we're busy, so I can stay working to keep myself sane because there's nothing else to do. So it's, yeah. Uh, something to do, you know. You're still allowed to leave the house to go to work, so that's good. Essential, baby. <laughs> yeah, you got to love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's uh, get started like we usually do here with the, the beginning. Um, tell us a bit about uh, what's the first race you ever remember going to? I'm, I'm thinking about this. Your dad raced a while back, but I'm not sure. Like, did you ever get to see him race, or did he quit before you were around? No, he quit when I was, uh, when I was born. I think that might have been an ultimatum type deal. I'm not real sure. But it uh yeah, so I never seen him. The only time I seen him was when he uh he was in Murray Cozy's car for that deal. There Oh right. Whatever years ago that was. Right. So the first uh dirt track race I remember going to would be Greenbush, I guess. And the the reason I remember that one cuz Carolex still makes fun of me to this day about having my bumper on upside down. But it looked right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I still think it was okay, but that's the first dirt one. First go kart one was that was a long time ago. So I don't even know. It would have been some street race around. Oh, it was uh, a street race downtown Winnipeg, the last one they ever had here. Okay. Yeah, in Old Market Square. Well, yeah, you uh, like some some folks aren't too familiar with your background. So you started out racing carts and kind of raced your way up the ladder there. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I did carts for forever really from seven to after 20 full-time I guess or whatever but then kind of on and off after that for a handful of years and then uh did the formula car deal trying to do the dream get to the IndyCar (laughs) then you realize how much money it costs and 
(laughs) (laughs) Then went golfing for a few years. And then eventually we got into the the dirt track stuff. We we were one step under Indy Lights trying to to do that whole deal. And it was, uh, I mean, it was, we needed like, a million bucks for indie lights so it was it was a little crazy especially it's on not the amount of money you need to go racing in that it's it's just it's crazy oh yeah and that's just that's just hoping that the year might be okay and then you can still find money afterwards because you're gonna need it the next year too exactly because you've got to be good there like you'd have to be exceptionally good to not have to pay for your seat when you get to indie like, right it's it's just it's it's a tough tough deal yeah, it's the way it makes you wonder works. how much talent, you know, like yourself, how much talent is doing well on their way up, but they ran out of cash and that's the end of the road. You know, like you raced against guys. You're telling me about that. Uh, you know, you've raced with Scott Speed and some of these other guys that they had it. They went there. They went and raced F1. Indy, like they have the Borg Warner trophies. Like these guys are super successful. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's more that are never made it right that are just hidden gems around and you know it's uh there's probably there's a lot more guys that won't make it than that that should be there than guys that are in there that that probably shouldn't be you know (laughs) 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 yeah there's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of them that could be switched out i'm sure yeah hey you gotta pay to play right that's it the way of the world i mean what do you do right it's getting worse too so you know there's there's less paid rides than than uh guys paying for now so it's it's not in the right direction yeah it's wild so so you kind of saw the writing on the wall there and you 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 basically quit you were out for a few years weren't you yeah yeah went uh went golfing (laughs) (laughs) golfing and working basically i it must have been a it was a good couple or a few years and then uh a buddy of mine in toronto called him so why don't you come fly back and forth for six uh, races, six shifter cart races out there, some series they were they were starting. So I raced for him for a, a summer. And then I think we must have raced Ken's truck for the first time shortly after that. The first time we were on dirt was actually in uh, Gordy Hockovich put me in his modified on a cheater's night. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was the first time we ever went in. And then uh, hopped in Ken's truck maybe the next year or I guess it would be the next year because the cheaters deal was always at the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. and then it was your your truck race was at the beginning. It was towards the end of the year. Yeah, that was towards yeah. the end of that year too. Then eventually, yeah, we just ended up getting a modified. So, what made you like you you had stayed off the dirt for so long? What uh, what finally made you decide to go try it out? Well, Dad had always done it. I I mean, I grew up going to it. We've always sponsored guys and been been around it forever but the main reason was it's it's here and it's can't say cheap but it's somewhat reasonable <laughs> so it I, is you know and we could go racing again and and dad was into it he wanted to go and so it was it was good you know we could kind of he hadn't really been to any of my many of my races for years before that because i was always i wasn't even racing here for go-karts the last bunch of years we were i was racing out of Ontario or in the States or wherever, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, was, somebody had to pay those bills <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure uh, he doesn't let you forget that either. <laughs> no, I mean, even, even with, even with free stuff, it's still just the travel and pit passes and tires was, was a killer. So, mm-hmm. um, so it, it was just a way to go kind of go racing together again, you know, and, uh, and go have some fun with no, no stress or little, little stress, no stress compared to what, it, what it had been before. Right. Yeah, actually, yeah, touch on that a little bit. I remember you telling me a bit about 
how uh, you couldn't believe how much fun it was in the dirt pits compared to the the asphalt paddock. Oh yeah, it's night and day. It was night and day different. I mean, uh, we had fun at the at the asphalt stuff, and usually on off nights or whatever, you know, or after like a Sunday after the deal or something, you'd have. We'd, there was good times, but this uh, the dirt scene's a little bit different. We we there's been some good times had throughout the years for sure, like weekly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We guys like to have fun. I'm just gonna follow up on that. Was there was there a huge adjustment? in racing on the dirt especially like in the first year or two or was it kind of like hey i got all this experience in in other forms and maybe it's not the biggest adjustment because i mean you've been you were fast pretty much like from the time that i've known you i've known you for when we get into details later i've known you for at least 10 years now and you were into the trucks at that time as well driving for a couple owners but was there really any big adjustments when you started going in onto the into that route the truck not so much because it's kind of straighter and in turn you don't have to fight it as much it seemed like i guess like i kind of felt a little more comfortable in that right away but the modified i still kick in bad habits to this day i think at times it wasn't too bad getting on in the really slick right away because there you want to you got to drive it straight and smooth and you know not spinning tires and stuff like that but to get into the into the mud where you got to use three-wheel brake and turn it sideways and be wide open. I, I mean, I still can't do that half the time. So, <laughs> it, uh, how, many, how many years did it take for you to be able to go run up in the scary spot there on the high side? I don't I Have I been there yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> it, there's been times, but not it. Uh, I mean, I would never go up there up until maybe four or five years ago Four, you know, it's uh, <laughs> and even now it's rare, man. <laughs> it's only when you need to right well i i say i run the top sometimes but then i watch a video or something that's more like the middle or three quarters up and someone <laughs> blows by me on the cushion usually rick or something up with you up here right he'd fit behind me beside yeah. me there. <laughs> you know do you ever room for the red they're coming through <laughs> right do, do you ever uh say to yourself well in the car in a race going please don't put me to the outside please don't push me to the outside yeah a lot <laughs> yeah now it's not as bad but years ago yeah oh yeah definitely i like the inside where there's you kind of got an escape route over there too if there's a, a mess it seems to be a little bit more room sometimes the outside <laughs> when there's a mess you just go flying off the corner that's right <laughs> you know that's no fun I remember, I think it was the 2012, or no, maybe I think it was the late model show in Emo in 2013. You ended up winning that race and you ran the bottom almost the whole way around. I remember talking to you afterwards, uh, what your secret was in that race. And your answer to me was, well, you gave me the bottom. And so I took advantage of it. Yeah. I used to run the bottom there all the time. I think damn near the infield. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's, It's been on occasion for sure. The the other the other question I have is when are you going to a late model? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it, it ask me it on every day. It changes. I think it's <laughs> what kind of mood I'm in, and there's there's more talk of it now. I don't know. It's one day I'm right into it, and then the next day I'm not too sure, and then uh, it's just kind of back and forth. I mean, I had a it's been a lot of fun running Robs the last what we run this year, right? Three or four races, I guess, something mm -hmm. like that. And it, mm -hmm. it was, it was fun. I, I like the late model. The, the late model actually makes, makes way more sense to me driving from like what I grew up racing. 
they kind of stop and turn. And if they're right, if they're wrong, if they're off, they're terrible. But if they're off, right. they're way off. Yeah. <laughs> at least a lot, if they're off, you could kind of work around it. If, if with the late, if it's off, you might, might as well just go drink a beer. Well, <laughs> but, well yeah, I mean, if, if the mods, <laughs> the mod you're, you're working with so little tire, the difference between on and off isn't so big, right? Right. Yeah, you can kind of trick it into doing something half decent, yeah. brakes or whatever. If your late model is not using that whole big tire, then forget it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it, junk. It, it's a common thing you see with a late model when it's off. You can see it when it pushes, like it just all of a sudden it's cranking to the right. Like, and I don't see that nearly. I see that in a modified, you can see it tighten up, but very rarely do you all of a sudden see the thing want to jackknife in the opposite direction. In a late model, especially if there's a little bit of moisture, um, when they're gone, that's just like, I don't know how people manhandle that thing back again. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, I guess seat time would probably help a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just if the thing don't want to turn, it's well, you got to be grow bigger balls too and step on the gas more. I was told that this year, but you know, <laughs> you know, uh, I got apparently that helps. But <laughs> I, I mean, do you get the 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 perception? I've always personally, I've always kind of considered late models as like a large boat. Does it feel like you're driving a really fast large boat when you're in it? I mean, they're wide. It feels like there's another car beside you, but. <laughs> But they're stiff and you can't see out of them, really. They got lots of grip. It doesn't feel like a big... The first time I drove the truck, I remi- it reminded me of driving a, sitting in a big couch or driving a Cadillac around the track. I said it was like <laughs> driving a driving a couch. The late model's not like that because it kind of sits in, in posture and doesn't move too much. Where the Like a truck, kind of, you get a little bit more rocking, I guess. Or... Yeah, I will tell you, though, don't talk bad about that super truck. No, it's fun, man. It's still a rocket ship. I love that. Yeah, I, I know, right? How many years yeah. is that going? Oh, <laughs> like... man. We, we were thinking about it this year. That chassis was originally converted from an asphalt truck yeah. in the late 90s. So I don't even know how old it was before that. Cold. And the thing has raised full-time in Winnipeg since then. And it's still just picture perfect. Like, it's just such a nice machine and it just drives. Well, yeah, like. Back, back when I used to run that thing a little bit, like it was just so good. <laughs> you, yeah. just, you just go and drive it, and you didn't. I don't think they ever changed anything. You didn't have to change nothing. No, just no, we still don't. Clean her up, make it shiny, and step on the gas. It was great. Yeah, that thing's wild. And there's just something unique about those trucks too that just make them fun to watch as well. I mean, whether it's been in Kenora here or in Emo and we did shows there, or the weekly stuff in, in Winnipeg, it's been a fan favorite, especially for the kids for a long time, that class. And, you know, hopefully with the changes and stuff, we see some some increase in the numbers again because, you know, I, I've always loved having them come by in Emo and, and now Kenora, we've had them three times now, I think. And it's been the kids love it. The adults love it. And in Kenora here, it's, you know, everyone's got, everyone's into trucks. So it's just like, right. it's kind of cool oh. to see a truck body out All there doing 70 miles an hour. Right. All yeah. dirt races. You go to, you go to any dirt track and look in the parking lot. It's all pickup trucks. That's all what everyone sure. drives. And like we've been, uh, we went down to Jamestown one time. We had a couple guys back out at the last second. We showed up with six trucks. And so me and Jerome went to go see Joanne at the pay window at the end of the night. And we thought we were going to get like, you know, beat up. You guys said you were coming with 10 and you only had six. They wanted us to come back again for Labor Day weekend. The fans loved them so much. Said You, you guys weren't upset with the only six trucks? I said, no, the fans loved it. You guys put on a great show still. They're, they're a fan favorite. And I, uh, we've made some really good moves. And 
you know, every everything that I've heard so far, there's uh, we're definitely trending in the right direction here for next mm-hmm. year. So that James, that first time in Jamestown, I think that was back in the day when I was smart and left the track and went to a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, I was cleaning the car at 10 a.m. I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> I, I only heard stories about the first trip there. I didn't get to go. Oh, you weren't there. I went. No, I, mean, I just I had a modified side. Yeah, I missed all. The, I heard the stories though. I think the second. <laughs> I think the second time they ever went there, I, I did race there, and and uh, Lee ended up putting me out of the way for the lead on like the white flag or something or a second maybe two or three to go and i and i i think i might have spun or whatever or maybe i spun him or i don't know somehow no he might he i think he bumped me out of the way and i came back on him from the back in like three laps and i ended up on his hood i think yeah I don't know. I think he still won, but I think I was parked on his hood down there at one point. You do what you got to do. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, always. this is a great segue into talking about having fun, and we're going to go to the misfire round. Ward, you ready for the misfire round? Sure. I should have done my homework first, though. You got no homework because the questions are not the same between drivers or whoever we're interviewing. Um, <laughs> it's only been drivers so far, so once we have some new ones that aren't drivers, then I'll have to change that. But uh, here we go. Let's go with number one, chips or chocolate? Both. You need sweet and salty. Number two, the bar or the back of the trailer? <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> back of, the, tra- you, back back of, the, of trailer? the trailer with the with the boys is, is always a good time. Nice. Number three, inside or outside? Outside. Number four, tacky or dry? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> is anyone surprised by this <laughs> oh, let's say tacky <laughs> all right number five run or jog is, is walk an option or no these are these are misfire rounds They're, they misfire let's it just light, don't make sense let's do a light jog light jog okay number six the best decade of nascar cup racing 70s 80s 90s 2000s or 2010s it definitely ain't the 2010s. <laughs> Probably the that 70s, 80s deal. Even the 90s. Number seven, ketchup chips or plain ripple? Ketchup all day. Ooh, and the next one, masking tape or hockey stick tape? Stick tape. If you had to choose between a burger steak or pizza, which one do you eat to sober up? Bur- burger for sure. Uh, number nine, Burger King or McDonald's? Um, McDonald's. And number 10, horror movies or comedies? Comedies. Horror movies scare me. You're so much of a comedy person. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. And that's the misfire round. Thanks, Ward, for that one. Did I pass? We, uh, <laughs> we, we grade on a curve, so I'm sure you'll do fine. <laughs> that's, that's what got me through school sometimes. <laughs> Rick and Austin will pull you up, okay? Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. So you get into the modifieds. You get racing, and you had a pretty good, you know, there's definitely a learning curve there, but yeah. uh, a lot of guys, the curve tends to even out, and your curve just seemed to keep going upwards. Tell us a bit about that, how you, you started out and, you know, became a race winner, found a way to, to fight for the track championships, just continued to get better and better to where you're at today. Tell us a bit about that progression. Yeah, it's I, we didn't get, we didn't win one the first year but we were really close. I, I remember we were leading Greenbush and had about a half a track lead. And then there was 46 yellows later. I finally broke a slider and I left her a slider and broke. So we didn't win when the rookie year, but then after that, we we won a few, I think the next year or whatever, but 
I guess it's just kind of how I grew up racing. You just kind of had to always progress. So it was just kind of instilled into me really. So it, uh, I kind of grew up always changing classes. This we didn't, we weren't changing classes, but we'd kind of go race a little bit different as the years went on, you know, maybe travel a little more or find some bigger shows or, and then got into the points thing, which will drive you crazy, but that's another story. And, but you uh, get a big check at the end, so it's all worth it, right? It, yeah, if there was another zero on it, maybe you'd be all right. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a check anyway. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does clear. It well, and it's a it's a big check to right. put on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good part. But yeah, it's just kind of the way we grew up, just kind of going. And I never really thought about the national national deal until like we ran fourth the one year. And then the next year, like we never planned on doing it ever, but the next year when we got so close to our men and ended up losing by two, wasn't even really thinking about it until about mid-July or something when someone said you were close or whatever, and then we started racing more. But after that, we kind of figured, well, shit, we might as well get after it for next year and try and do this thing, you know? So we did and kind of, you know, played the game a little bit and 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 did it the first one. And then uh, the second one was unplanned. We just kind of had kind of gone to race where we wanted to race. And you got out. to September and saw you were leading it or what? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, I mean, it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been a good ride. Um, it hasn't always been smooth though. Um, I do remember, uh, some of the trouble that you had, especially racing at Alexandria. Tell us about that place and, and some of the, the cruel, cruel things she's done to you. That's a love-hate relationship if you ever seen one in racing. <laughs> like, went there at first. I liked it. And then, uh, but it, I didn't like it for very long. I don't know how many races I'd done there. Not a lot. And felt like it was smart to split those two guys coming off a of four that one night. Something must have broken the front because it going however 100 miles an hour you are going into turn one, it didn't turn at all. And just went wide open off a of one however far the fence is away from the corner, it's a long, it's a long bloody way. Mm-hmm. And it, I think the car hit the ground like twice as I was flipping through the air, or whatever. And I cleared the pine trees. Well, I didn't quite clear them. I think we knocked like 10 or 12 inches off because Carolick was nice enough to tape one to the deck the next day, the top of it that was stuck in a car or whatever. But yeah, went barrel rolling into the parking lot. Did beat Larry Bryce that night though. Cause that's, that's how the first time I met him. Cause I almost flipped right into his trailer. I think I was only about 50 <laughs> foot from 50 foot from his camper. So we became friends after that. <laughs> you hadn't met him before that. No, I had no idea who he was. I didn't even know I ended up at his trailer until years later when I met wow. him at Morden. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we weren't, I, I didn't want to race the next day. I went drinking beers with, uh, with Kim Balkan was taking care of me. <laughs> Ryan and whoever was with me, I don't know. It's honestly, it's pretty fuzzy that deal. I know Carolex started fixing the car in the in the morning because there wasn't too much straight tin on it. All I remember is yelling out the window, "Stop banging the hammer!" Because I was waking me up. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're working on my car. I didn't even know. Gronwald brought the scales, even though he told me it's a J car. You don't need them. You just set the ride heights. <laughs> the car will be better after. And it, yeah, it they was. Say, we, they say the cars are better after you roll them, right? It was, man. We, we we made the show the next night. I hadn't made a big show in Alex ever in my life. And the next day we made it. I couldn't even remember the day. but. <laughs> and then, did, uh, did you get your bell rung or what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't knocked out or nothing. But I, I think I was made probably a little cuckooed. And then after that, we probably almost like 
blew, I don't know, three or four motors and wrecked shit. And it was kind of never ending. And then, so I stopped, I just stopped going eventually for a while. We, we went to Jamestown for years. And then when we won the Gherky there a few Great. years ago, I hadn't been to Alex in probably, I don't know, three years or four, maybe even four. We, we went to, went there finally and ran the Gherky and got lucky enough to win it. So now I like Alex again. It's it's yeah. funny. We're we're back to friends on. <laughs> it's a love on the rocks. It is, man. <laughs> You've been to so many tracks, you know, mentioning Viking and Jamestown, of course, and Winnipeg and Emo and Greenbush and Grand Forks and everything in between. I mean, if you were to choose a track that you would consider going to at the top of any list, if, you know, everything else was equal, which track would that be? Probably my favorite place to go through all the years racing was Jamestown back when back in the day in Jamestown we, we used to just have a lot of fun there I used to like really like it that was kind of my go-to place it was just kind of fit my deal you know it was slippery and small multi-groove multi-groove like, yeah you can go top bottom anywhere on that track it's such a fun joint yeah back then it was just it was just fun and uh I mean the cars were good like it took us years to win there i never thought we'd ever win there and it, it took us a long long time and finally won one and then we we won a few and ran really actually went before we had ever won one went ran really good at that usmts race run night that was that was kind of the i miss going to that place out of the out of everywhere for sure yeah it's definitely been one of the big losses of the uh, the whole imca deal up here absolutely yeah it's uh yeah it's a it's a shame it was it was nice it used to be really nice when you could just go to fargo and watch the weather if the weather was shitty, you know, and you could look at the weather channels and, and at like yeah. three o'clock decide what way you're going and then do 80 miles an hour to wherever you were going to head <laughs> and you could make it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you had options. You'd go east, west, friggin' south, yeah. it was a little further and you, you were good, you know, now, yeah. now you're, now you're stuck a little bit. What would you say? I mean, you've won lots of races too, um, but what would be your most memorable win? That Gherky was really big. I mean, it was just because at a place that I didn't really, we weren't really friends on, <laughs> and it was the biggest check. Probably the sights, the sights one would be the one of the big ones that I've I've really liked. I guess the sights and Gherky. Love to add the Delane one to that list, but that one eludes me. That's a that's a terrible deal. That thing, I can't get a hold of it. <laughs> it it's almost it's that race is almost feeling like everyone else has had their time, but you. Oh yeah, you know, like Gavin Paul and and Rick, of course. You know, it's it's just like Ward's like one of those other people that you're just like, yeah, like there's an expectation that Ward Emery's going to win this thing, just like the expectation that someone like Gavin Paul, who's been really successful in Winnipeg in the past, but you know, he was hell bent and determined to win that, and he did win with a very uh, close finish there, and then Rick Delane, of course, winning it as well, but not Ward Emery yet. No shit, would it either something well that one year i was sitting on the pole for the heat and the pulleys fell off the front of the motor <laughs> so, or it or you're looking the tracks looking nice and it it decides to rain and you're starting eight and then the my, i mean my redraws are awesome i don't i don't think i've ever redrawn better than six for the feature so that don't help but did, did you get along with big al like is the ghost of big al just teasing you now or what i i know right it's i don't i honestly it's i don't get it it's I can't it's not even like we've been really close before we've well it was close the year Ricky won it we were close if the yellow didn't come out we uh 
I might have been able to. I would have had a fight out with him anyways because during the yellow, Sean told him where to go, and I and then it was uh, then he drove back away. But like we haven't even really been that near. Been been always. I think we're all we've been a lot of top fives and top threes and stuff. But do you think maybe it's just the anticipation of it that when you finally win, it'll be just like one huge release? It'll just feel that much. I mean, it feels yeah, amazing it'll regardless. Be, it'll be like but... prom night. <laughs> 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 die from the party my god yeah, right. we're, gonna have, we're gonna have to switch out the rum for like iced tea for drinking out of the cup otherwise we'll we'll find you curled up on the ground in the morning wow that that year when when rick won and then we went straight to greenbush to run the baker right after and i won the baker that that i'm surprised we made her home that night that day that's oh well that sunday because <laughs> that was a good time rick has pictures of it actually with us both drinking uh lady in the tramp style arm arm through arm <laughs> with each cup <laughs> i think i might have seen those oh yeah it's a, it's a good time well let's move into the next section that we have here and this is called in the driver's seat so i'm going to ask you five questions it's not as like the misfire round where it's one or the other you can have as long as an answer as you like but we just kind of want to get everyone to feel what it's like to be ward emery inside the race car so if you're ready for this here's number one which driver have you had the most fun racing against? Well, that's on the spot, huh? I yeah. don't know. Probably Rick. Uh, Rick would be one of them for sure. Just because he's one of the first ones to start beating up on me so many years ago, and he still does it. That's a good answer. That's a good one. He'll like that one. If you went three wide with one lap to go, which spot would you prefer to be in? Inside, middle, outside, and why? Bottom all day. Doesn't digging ditches, baby. All day long. Maybe uh, even in the infield. Is that a yeah. four, that could be a fourth lane. I, yeah, that's I the have inside, seen, inside. I have personally seen you have white tire marks on the inside of your left front tire word. You know that's true. I've had them on the oil pan in Fergus, man. Those half those half buried tires. I was Yeah, those are the best them. ones. Clang them off the oil pan. You could hook your you could hook the inside of your right rear on them. <laughs> it was really good that's awesome what do you do in the car just before you drive out of your pit stall man i'm fidgety as hell i i i gotta i uh wear out my helmet strap I, it starts tearing after a couple years almost i gotta like put new ones in because I, I keep pulling on my helmet to make sure it's tight enough i check pull up my gloves 36 times even though they ain't going any higher my belts are so tight i can't even breathe but i keep tightening them it's just it's stupid in there if you had a camera on me before we went out on the car i go from napping to fidgeting it's it's the stupidest <laughs> three thing three seconds flat <laughs> oh, yeah. true. It's, I've, it, I've, <laughs> I've been sitting beside you like in staging or red flags and I'm like, what the hell is he doing in there? And you look, and the shield is just going up and down on your helmet, or like yeah, you're just like fidgeting, like looking around. Strap. You're looking everywhere. Yeah. Check it's the like, hot straps 36 times in case, in yeah. case one it might have fell off. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and number five, what race would you consider the one that you that got away? The Delane, without a damn doubt. They've all gotten away. All however many years <laughs> ago, have gotten away. There, uh, there was that one that USMTS race in uh, Jamestown years ago. Shyrock smoked me in the in the ass end on in the heat race, so I I broke. After I think Stearns jinxed me and said, "Oh, you never thrown a belt on running those front pumps." Well, no, I hadn't until that night. So he uh, broke and started last in the B and ended up winning the B, and then we started whatever that would be in the future, probably 17th in one of those deals. 
and got to I think we ran second that night actually and and Gustin won or something and that was before I even really knew what USMTS was that was like years and years ago had that had that new J car and just chugged the bottom around that wall and those guys are all momentuming around like doing what they do but they they didn't know they didn't know the J car in Jamestown and it, <laughs> you know a few more laps and we might have won the damn thing it was it was pretty cool with just your Wissota motor too yeah, oh yeah straight up Wissota car well, with Wissota tires because back then you could run them I think they were the hard the hard ones remember those friggin h40s that would crack just like in in the sunlight even oh yeah the <laughs> yeah. hockey parks yeah yeah I, that might have been around that that era yeah it was but i mean the american races are pretty hard too but yeah no it was that was a that was a fun race um wardo do you remember the time that uh you and i found out that we're not allowed to pump each other's tires up before the race uh i was racing up in winnipeg and you were racing at the stampede and we were just saw you were online and we chatted quick and you're running really well. And we said like, Oh, fucking go get him tonight and I'll go get him. It's going to be awesome. And then, uh, that was the year that you were leading and didn't end up getting it. And then I ended up just doing the dumbest thing ever and <laughs> accidentally turned my right front brake shut off while I was riding the brake. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the car wasn't driving very good after that. <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you remember that uh, that was probably your first or second stampede? That would have been the first one. That actually goes back to the race that eludes you. I never. Yeah. I I I love to forget that one. That was my my damn rookie year, and hadn't won a race all year. And we went to the stampede, and I led like twenty four laps at the twenty five or whatever it was. I was I was actually running the top there too. Thank you. <laughs> Grimes, Grimes kind of kept showing me something and showing me something. And eventually I always tell him he gave me the slide of death and I drove off the racetrack, but, but he really did. I pretty much just freaking drove off the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. That, that's definitely one that got away. Yeah. So we're, we're still not allowed to pump each other's tires. No, he jinxed me. And then I, I think for the next five years, I didn't even make the damn show. <laughs> it's your fault. Hey, I will not take responsibility for this. <laughs> yeah, right? It's oh, just like shit. how you have to get certain people to draw for you, and then when they can't, they don't have any more draw magic. You just get rid of them and send someone else to the draw shack. Oh yeah, you throw them right to the curb. For yeah. me, it, I don't. I for I I can, I always say I draw shitty, but I, I do go on streaks where it's pretty decent for a while. But I I don't know. It's uh. Do you, do you still hire it out, or do you just take it? You do it all yourself now and. Honestly, I don't. I don't even care anymore because <laughs> most of the time it doesn't work out. Especially here. I mean, here is just brutal. But uh, yeah, it's the best draw actually was uh, Kelsey at the Gurkey, the one we won. Because we were, I had brought that car from Blake, and it, we hadn't even ran that thing yet. I don't think I might have shook it down, or we had ran it the night before. That was the first weekend we we were running the the car from the year before still. And that's, and, that's uh, Blake Jedvig you're talking about? Yeah. And we ran it in Fergus the night before. The brakes were pissing out. The the rear brake, the master cylinder, it's pissing out fluid all over my leg in Fergus. So we, whatever, we run and get through it. And Alex, we go out, run the heat race. And I went, I think we went fifth, fifth to win it or something. 
but my leg was soaked. So I'm losing rear brake on the way. And I'm like this, like I'm having flashbacks, man, from, from years ago. Like if I lose brakes, I'm going to die this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so it's, um, I'm in the car bleeding brakes. We put a new master on Blake. Actually, I was parked beside jet bigs and that. So his guys are helping us with a master and Marshall's, on the Marsh, yeah, Marshall was with us. Mar- Marshall's bleeding the brakes. Blake's one of Blake's guys or whatever. He, uh, they're like, shit, you got to go draw. Ron, Ron Krog is yelling for you to go draw. I'm like, well, Kelsey, get your ass up there. She doesn't even know how to drive the quad barely at that point, I think. And she flies up there and they, they waited for her and she, she draws the pin and it had rained like it had rained like an inch that night so it was it, i mean it kind of helped starting up front the cushion yeah. the cushion was it was perfect the cushion was like halfway up at the racetrack so i could <laughs> i could bang the cushion and not even be near the top of the racetrack it's the kind of track that you like when you're on the front row <laughs> oh yeah it was ideal for sure there was no way you could lose the race going into turn one no matter what like you just didn't lift and hope hope that you turned right because yeah whoever got there was a good chance you're gonna win the race <laughs> good times that place is wild too when it's like that like you're you just drive so deep into the corner and oh the first time i went there i remember you're you know you're you're laying into it down the front straightaway and they tell you you can't lift until after you cross the pit road like don't even think about it and right. you're going on the front straightaway thinking like I should probably lift now. And then like a second later you cross the road. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And then the, like the late models, them, them guys on the lates, like it's, they're, you're at the first tire in the corner. I think down there, it's like, it's like, yeah. Jesus, man, <laughs> you know? Well, that, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned one uh, special lady there for you. This must be tough with the whole COVID lockdown in the border. I mean, how, how are you guys dealing with that? Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, We're dealing, but yeah, yeah, I haven't seen her since March. Like right before we were supposed to, she was supposed to be coming up here. We were going to get the rig ready to go to Humboldt for the King of America deal. Right. And and I stayed home. I stayed home the weekend before to do all my tires and shit. She was coming up to do the, well, basically run the show. So right. I didn't, so I didn't forget everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and like that Wednesday or Thursday, they close the border. Wow. Yeah. So we've been, uh, yeah, we've been screwed. So just, just dealing. She got a good oh, sense and, of humor. And, uh, and a healthcare worker too, like hats off to her and, and everyone in that field. That's right. She was actually on Sunday. She was, uh, the head vaccine, whatever. She was overseeing everybody giving the vaccines at the, at the, Fargo Dome or wherever wherever she was, I forget. Oh, wow. but yeah, she's yeah, she's got hers, so she's cured. She's going to she gets to go to Arizona to go watch the races this weekend. She's going to be ah. running through the air, running through the airport, maskless, high fiving people. Yeah. She, she's got she's got, yeah, she's got her second dose, so she, yeah, she's ready to party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's she's lucky. She gets to go. She's not freaking in jail like all of us. It's this is terrible. Ward, earlier you mentioned about points, about getting into the points deal, and you sound kind of like sad about that deal in a way. Um, I've talked to drivers from all classes in the past about those that they talk about, well, I'm not really worried about points. I'm more worried about winning and be competitive in this and that. Where's the line? Where's the, the line drawn when it comes to worrying about points versus worrying about 
you know, whether you make that pass, if it's a different risk level um, or holding on to a lead or, or driving more aggressively in one situation to another, like are points when you decide to run for points, is that something you do ahead of time? Is that something you're even doing in the middle of a race or before you go to a track? Just kind of describe to fans in terms of where that thought process goes throughout a year. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, years ago when I kind of started out, I was in that in that points thing. Dad always likes running the track points here. That's his that's his deal. We kind of do that for for his scene, right? That's. Uh, but I remember back in the day for for the first, I mean, bunch of years racing. Like I mean, like probably five, maybe whatever. Yeah, like you'd worry you you're almost you see with the guy that you're racing for points you know whoever is close and you're like wow okay long as you stay close to him if you're having kind of a mediocre night just do what you got to do to stay close to him and don't do something stupid or whatever or if you're you know second or third like do you do something stupid sometimes you'd hold back but i can tell you for we started winning a bunch of races a year when i stopped thinking that and just said screw it let's just try and win races I mean, I've never been to one to wreck much anyway, so that that part, I don't really throw myself and try not to throw myself in shitty situations. But once I kind of stop worrying about what other guys are doing or, or you know, or just staying close and in contact with the guy or whoever's near you in points and just saying, screw it, let's go out and try and win races, we we started winning more points things and, uh, and won a lot more races. Yeah, it's funny how that works. I, I still would like to see a point system that rewards winning more than the current one. Because right agree. now, there's there's not a lot wrong with running second all the time, points-wise. Especially not even having points for heat races. Right. I, I think that's just the dumbest thing ever. I mean, you got to reward. That used to be the difference maker in a championship, was the guys who would always win their heats versus the guys who would just skate into the transfer spot. Right. Uh, well, I'm I'm definitely not a heat race point guy. That's for sure. I was, I was a <laughs> big fan of skills. <laughs> yeah. No, I was a big fan of when they kicked the heat races out because I, I, yeah, it's just it's so luck of the draw. It's um. Well, yeah, I, I can see the argument. Some tracks, some tracks more than others, right? Like it, well, track position is yeah. so important in Winnipeg <laughs> in a heat race in order to yep. really find out where you're at because when the green flag goes, there's just a lot of times there's not enough laps to go from you know, fifth to second or, or even win it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so hard to pass in heat races at most places. And I mean, I grew up everything. I grew up racing forever. Like my whole life was heat races didn't matter. Like nothing mattered. You, right. you just, it's just for qualifying purposes. You, yeah. You, you go run your ass off it. I'm sure. But uh, it's, it's just to get you where you're starting for the feature. And then, and then that's, that's the one that pays the bills. Right. Okay. Well, so maybe I, I'm old fashioned in that department. <laughs> but for the feature, though, well, I would like to see there being a lot more bonus points for a win and, and those top few. I, I agree, hundred percent. It, it's a little better now when they changed it from now, that. Yeah. What's what was it, Anthony? Like, it, it well, it's a hundred now. Two, it used to be two points for a win, and then one point back for everybody else. Right. So you'd get an extra point if you won the race. Yeah. And now, now it's five. I think it's uh, five, five, yeah. five, five, four, 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 and then three, three, three. You know, along that line. So it's staggered now. Um, going back to the, the heat points thing, I'm kind of 50, 50 with it. Um, and I, I remember the debate that happened at the AGM about it. I won't go into details on that, but you know, for the smaller racetracks that don't have like 30 cars or whatever, the heat adding the points was kind of a cool deal for, you know, the smaller, you know, 10 cars out there to race for those points, you know? Yeah. Guys race a little harder. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But and the alternative was is that okay, well, if you're not going to do points, you know, there are a couple tracks, not very many tracks that pay out for the heats. So for example, in Kenora here, we pay out for the heats um, and Emo does that. And I think ABC is one of the few other tracks that does that on, on a weekly basis. I don't know who else, there might be some others, but those are the ones that come to note for me uh, to kind of help keep the a bit of a, the heat in the moment type thing for the heat races. Um, you know, nine times out of 10, like you said, you know, there's so much luck of the draw. I remember my brother, when he was running in like Bemidji or Grand Rapids that has more of a sandy type of track. Well, there's lots of moisture in it at the beginning. It hasn't really slicked off in any way. Well, it's like racing on, on mud of oh, the equivalent of mud, but it's not sticking to your car. Yeah. So there's no, there's no grip on the track for the most part, especially in the Midwest mods. Cause they'd start so early late models after the mods would, you know, start gripping it up, making it a little faster. But it, it, it even if the track's smaller, the surface might not be conducive at the beginning of the night either. You know, it was always a bummer because if you didn't, if you had a lot of cars and you didn't qualify, um, you'd start near the back anyway. I remember my brother won maybe one or finished in the top three in one heat race out of the 10 or 12 shows you ran in Bemidji. And so he'd be starting like 10th most of the time, 11th. You could gain so much in the feature, but you're starting so far in the back. So it's kind of like to remove the heat points out of it. It's just kind of like, okay, well, now you just got to worry about trying to make the redraw or the point average at least. You know, it takes another thing off so it doesn't feel as random. Oh, yeah. I mean, that first year we uh, we won the national thing, that was the old points way. Like, I was trying to call tracks just to see if I could draw before showing up. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know? I, I mean, if you're drawing a 99, we were dropping, I think we were dropping like thirds. Like we had yeah. to win. I think I had to finish second in a heat, third in a feature, or else it was a drop. No, I think we might have even been dropping thirds, so we might have had to be second, second or something. And yeah. it, it's like, well, if you're drawing, if you draw a hundred, you might as well just drive somewhere else. <laughs> you know, going to the races where the heats were. I mean, some guys tone it down a little bit, but I know, I know a lot of guys that that heat race still. When you're watching it, that heat race it still might be about a million bucks to win. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. ain't it ain't changing in lots of guys' mentality. That's for sure. No, because some people only ever win a heat race in their career. Absolutely, and I mean, you should. I like it because you don't. It saves on the tearing shit up. Like you don't have to like try and destroy something, but you can still go. Uh, you can still go race your ass off. And if it doesn't work out, at least it doesn't work out. But you and don't, you can you make some adjustments, right? Yeah, you don't have to worry about trying to, like, you know, rip a side of your car off just to get that heat win. Because if if you're, uh, you know, not in the top two or three, it's a you got to drop the race if you're running that points <coughs> points program, right? So it's does. Do you think it makes more racing, uh, more competition though for the a more focus on trying to qualify for your inverted point average or last transfer spot. If you have a large field, like you think of Winnipeg with Midwest mods at 28, 30 cars, you know, a lot of the, the competition in the middle of the field to get into that last transfer spot, it can be really intense. Damn right. It took me actually, I bet it took me three, three or four years to even uh, try and race for a heat race win. Like if I wasn't starting up front or whatever, cause I was always, I just heard, you know, top four, transfer into the redraw that's just what i that's just what i went for <laughs> that's how i was programmed into everything i raced you just do what you need to qualify you save your save your shit it's in good shape for the feature then right 
then I finally was looking at, you know, you're looking at points and it's like looking at points and it's like these damn, these heat race wins are kind of kick or the heat races are kind of kicking our ass on points. Right. Yeah. There's definitely arguments for either or. Right. But for sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's just give it a try and see how it goes. And that's what was sort of do, decided to do. And, you know, for the most part, I think it's been I, I mean, it's not that I heard. I wouldn't say that I ever heard people necessarily complain about the point system per se in, in Wissota. Like, like I would say the amount of people that would complain for the current system is different people, but the same amount of people for the last system. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 There's always going to, there's always that group of complainers. (laughs) At least it's not, it wasn't on a napkin or something like the original points package in, in NASCAR in the 1950s or whatever. I remember hearing that, how that worked out, how the, because remember the old cup series point system was like, Oh yeah. First place is like 178 points. And then seconds, like 150 something like there was no rhyme or reason. It's like, as if they put a bunch of, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the frigging passing points shows where it's so damn complicated. Nobody even questions it because they're like, ah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when they simplified the the rule, I think it was a couple of years before, they they introduced the chase system in NASCAR in what was that two thousand three or whatever it was. They did they uni- made the rules they unif- uniformed them in a way so that the average fan could make sense. Because I remember in those late nineties where on the last couple weeks of racing they'd have the analysts would have a chalkboard. And they'd be like, yeah, so this is the total amount of points to get to win. And these are the top four drivers that might be able to make it into the points. If this guy finishes here and here, he's going to get this many points. Like it was like a math problem on on the board during the pre-race show. <laughs> and and people are just like, how does this even work? And then I think NASCAR is just like, well, if we want to you know, get the audience to connect to these points races, then maybe we should uniform them. And they did that. And I think they did that for about two years and then they went into the chase system and then it's a whole nother beast all over again. But it's interesting to see where you you can get proponents and opponents depending on where the advantage might be or whatnot. So it's interesting to, to hear that side of the points of it, especially someone like you who's, who's run for national points and has won in national points before that, you know, sometimes not thinking about, running for points is the best way to approach it yeah i i agree 100 percent. and uh, another thing on that like the no points heat racing stuff i think it saves nights on your motor that that's where i'm the biggest fan of you know how heat races are usually freaking wide open well if you get into that second or third or whatever and, like there's been nights I'm, I'm letting off halfway down the straightaway you're not really slowing down that much in lap time but you, you can't pass. You're not going to pass the guy in front of you. The guy behind you ain't going to pass you. You just tone her down. There's no sense bouncing off a chip for 10 laps straight, just beating the hell out of the thing, you know? It's funny, though. Some guys some guys have that switch, and some guys don't. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah. It's just, it just saves on equipment is the biggest yeah. thing. Like, if, if you can kind of run or run a decent lane and and just to keep your momentum up you don't have to beat the hell out of your stuff as much you know and it saves on it a little bit it saves bouncing if it's you know if it's rough you don't have to beat the shit out of it you know stuff like that that's that's when you find who has a good maintenance program and who doesn't after yeah, those about, rough heavy nights yeah about about three weeks later you do yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they break things that they've never broken before oh well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where did I, why did that come off? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that, that's great, man. Thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, Anthony, did you have anything else? 
no, Ward, thank you so much for your time. I know you have a very busy schedule on a day-to-day basis, so I uh, really appreciate you having here. Oh, it was and, fun, and some time out of your day. It was yeah, fun. I can't wait till we can get together and drink some rums and do this in person. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've, I'm, hopefully none of us are going to sensitivity training after this deal. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to get canceled. <laughs> Holy crazy. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Good times, though, buddy. Yeah, Thanks no, for coming good. on. It was good. It was fun. Awesome. We'll have to have you back. Cheers. <laughs> How do you like the apples? Uh, no, that was uh, that was fantastic. How uh, what did you think there, Anthony? Well, it's it's Ward in good fashion, <laughs> and I've known Ward for as I mentioned earlier quite a few years now, and I know there's many people who've known him longer than that. I don't think he's changed though in the ten or twelve years I've known him. No, the uh, he doesn't have to ask to come out and play when we're on the longer race weekends. He doesn't get to do it every night anymore. Well, he he still does as much as he can, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you know, all the guests we've had so far have been top notch. Can't complain if as long as they're willing to talk, we're willing to be here to have that conversation. So um, uh, ex- hopefully. Exactly. When you get a driver of that caliber and, and that's having that much fun. And like you said himself, it's way more fun off track uh, doing the dirt stuff than uh, than any of the go-karts and, and that other stuff. That's it's that whole family, right? Like we'll yeah. race the wheels off you and then go and bring you a cold beer after and, and talk about it and just have a good time and laugh. So, And, and that's yeah. the common yeah. trend, I mean, between Rick and Austin and, and Ward. All three of them have said about having fun, you know, the importance of having fun and connecting and, you know, whether it was Rick about, you know, saying, you know, we go to some of these places because they know they're having a good time. And he had mentioned competing with the McCoggins about how we lost that whole fun thing for a little while there to Austin, you know, mentioning about, you know, when they go on these tours and, and race, you know, four or five nights out of the week, how when you run in these points and get really draining, it can kind of make things seem almost too serious. And then you go to an event or a race that might be more relaxed. Like even this year, you know, it was a little bit more relaxed and you kind of just go, yeah, you know what? When you start having fun again, you start connecting with people and talking and chatting. Like it's just, that's why you're in the sport and way words the same way here saying something similar when you, it's all about the fun that you really get out of it. And sometimes you do lose that. You might lose that for a year or two and go like, hey, we're not having so much fun. But you always seem to go back to it at some point. You kind of start to realize when the pendulum's going too far in one direction. And, and I think that the community as a whole does a good job of grounding our drivers. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's so true. It's just it's about having fun. And that's why we all do it. And uh, I haven't found anything better to do to spend all my time and money. So. And and Ward, Ward made a good point, like when he was trying to go through the ranks of like IndyCar and all of that, and, and, and you said there was close to Indy Light and how serious it kind of got. Mm-hmm. And then to switch to dirt and be like, hey, you know what? Like this is, this is fun. It's serious, but it's also fun. And you don't realize how much of that is missing when you're like, really into it really serious about it and then all of a sudden you you know you switch to a different form of uh, motorsports and be like hey you know what this is an enjoyable experience as a whole but you know in all three of our guests there's lots of highs and there's lots of lows and you kind of hopefully somehow end up in the middle that's right or if you're wordo on the bottom but hey (laughs) but no it was great uh excited for our next guest too we've got some really fun ones coming up here stay tuned guys it's uh it's gonna be great keep Keep following us on uh, social media accounts and 
and subscribe and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we're having a great time and looking forward to the next one. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Bench Racing Radio. Like and follow our social media handles. Facebook at Bench Racing Radio. Twitter at Bench Racing Rat 1. Or Instagram at Bench Racing Radio.